Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Happy Friday, Alyssa. Happy Friday. We're almost into Halloween. Are you dressing up? Are you doing anything? Yes, I'm dressing up. I am actually, we decided very last minute to go visit our friends and do some work in New York. So we're very excited to go to the East Coast. And it means that we had to smoosh our creative, you know, Halloween juices into something that's like logical to pack. So I was like, what Halloween costumes are just like clothes and not a lot of clothes, Um, which sounds slutty when I say it like that. But I just mean in terms of packing. And I'm going to be Cameron Diaz from Something About Mary with sperm in my hair. Oh, that's cute. I like that costume for you. That's very sweet. Thank you so much for that reaction. I was getting my nails done recently and I told the nail technician that and she was like, you're the third person to tell me that. And I was like, okay. I am going to say what Tony has already said. I think you need a new nail technician. <laughs> it's an emotional continue. roller coaster every time I hear about your manicures. I think there it might is. be too much honesty happening. You know, it is. So. I do. I need a full. I need. I need my own Bravo show about me trying to find <laughs> my nail person in LA. Um, what are you being? Oh, I actually, I know what you're being. Yeah. So I don't know if you choose costumes this way. Yours falls into this category, but I choose them based on hair color. And so uh, it's very, actually weirdly, you run out of brunette characters for some reason, very fast. Hmm. So I'm going to be also a very lazy costume, Olivia Rodrigo from the cover of Sour. So I will just, I bought some clip-in hair extensions, which are very fun. And uh, I'm putting stickers all over my face. And then like, I already had a skirt and, you know, just bought a little tank top. So uh, I'm so excited. That's <laughs> so cute. So very now you're going to look back and it's going to be like such a current costume. I love it. I'm just a full 30 year old woman dressing up like an 18 year old girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one night a year. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, well, should we get into it? What should we talk about first? Talk about uh, Bachelorette first. Okay. Uh, I think it is, I'm loving all of the basketball. I think it is getting, it's, I, oh, I feel like I either say that this is my least favorite Bachelorette or my most favorite Bachelorette every time. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm always on one end of the spectrum, but I do sort of think Michelle is my favorite Bachelorette. Wow. (laughs) That's high praise. I'm sipping the Kool-Aid. I really, I'm really enjoying watching her. And I like, I just think she's so stunning. And I think her energy is really wonderful. And I think she's good TV because she's a little unpredictable. Like when she's listening to bad news or good news or like she, you can't totally read her, which I love. And then she (laughs) is very, um, I just like the way that she speaks. I love it. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think she's just really cool. She has like very cool energy about her, which I obviously attribute to her playing basketball her whole life. Um, she's beautiful. Her outfits are on point. Like I'm loving all of her looks. I love her eyeshadow. It's gorgeous. Uh, I also love, like we talked about that they sort of 
they mostly weeded out people who say they play basketball, but can't really play. Cause she can obviously really play. Like she, yeah. she hit it. I've never hit a half court shot in my life. And she looks like she hits it regularly, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we should just dive right into the basketball date. Cause that's obviously what I want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I want to say it's super cool that they had diamond, I think diamond to shields from the Chicago sky. Cause they just won an N- WNBA championship. Fuck yeah. Before then, which is like so cool. Um, <laughs> and both of those WNB players had just like such basketball bro energy. I loved it. They were just like not <laughs> impressed with any of those guys. Yeah, they definitely like, had the biggest dick energy in the room. Yeah, they're like, sick. if you want to call someone out, call someone out. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> this is to me, this is like dueling for her heart. Like playing one on one basketball in front of like WNBA players is amazing. It's also, it's so great because it is the, it really is the pinnacle of this cliche challenge that we see every season, Bachelor or Bachelorette, where they split people into teams and it's like, you know, the best, the most athletic version of it we've seen so far has perhaps been like flag football or the very weird one in the pool. I think for Claire, that was like a water basketball thing where they made Mm. up the rules and no one could win, but they were like beating the shit out of each other in a pool. This was like the best version of we're splitting into teams. We're playing a game. The loser goes back to the locker room. The winner gets a fucking date with Michelle and it's a real fucking sport and it's a real game. There's no excuses. It's not goofy. It was like very legit to me and it made the loss where the losers so much worse because it's remember the fucking like the bowling version of this and it was for I think yeah Peter's it was season. the girls yeah yeah and the girls who lost the bowling thing were like the most devastated I've ever seen a <laughs> gaggle of people ever in my life and then to but to see it on these guys it felt different because I was like oh yeah I mean I feel bad for you this sucks that you you play <laughs> basketball and you and you got really really fucked um but yeah I just I I loved it and I'm I'm appreciative that Joe got the MVP shout out because just on paper I think he deserved it and that I love those things I love when there is still those typical in-house drama does she like Joe or is she getting favoritism that's not so fully manufactured out of nowhere. Like he genuinely was the MVP Mm -hmm. on that team. So he should get pulled out. So to have that mix in makes it just better. It makes it like more authentic, even though it's a completely bullshit process It made it more legit to me. Yeah. I also think what they did was, so there was a few guys that could play like when they were playing one-on-one, you could see like the guy who was guarding Joe, who was obviously probably the best player there. Um, could keep up with him, you know? So I think what they did mm-hmm. was they put all the like semi-skilled guys who played at some level on one team. And then they put Joe on a team with all the guys who couldn't play just to make it fair. But mm-hmm. then it's like, you can't, you know, you can't single-handedly like destroy another team. So I agree with you. I thought it was fair that he got the MVP. Also, I have to tell you that while we were watching this, when uh, Michelle said that he was Minnesota Mr. Basketball, Mike gasped so loud. He goes, no he was, are you serious? Like he started freaking the fuck out. He's like, that's a huge deal. He was like, Jalen Suggs was Minnesota Mr. Basketball. And I was like, what are you talking about? Wow. So apparently like, I don't know, whenever Mike reacts that way, he's like into deep, you know, like he'll probably yeah, deep, deep, high deep. school basketball players that I don't even know about, whatever. And so he must be extremely good. I think he like got injured in college and then didn't go to the NBA. And then later on, wow. some guy was like, some guy was like, Joe's played at the highest level of basketball. And Mike was like, well, not the highest level. 
Well, does Mike know that I was the Minnesota Scholar of Distinction in Theater Arts? Would that make him gasp? Oh my God, I love that. (laughs) It is really funny to hear so much Minnesota talk because it is funny to feel like it is such a, it's such a unique experience to go to school in such a, such an interesting and icy cold state. Um, and on every single level, I had a completely different experience from Michelle. So it's funny to like have them still be referring to Minnesota. And I'm like, yeah. And then I'm like, I don't, I don't know the Minnesota that Michelle's talking. We had like two completely different experiences, but, uh, yeah, I was like, wow, these, they're, meant for each other she was like I don't I don't need somebody to be like a professional basketball player and immediately I was like oh I I kind of want them to cancel the show and have her like date an NBA player is that bad is that what I want for her I want her to be with an NBA player I don't want that for her though I mean Mm. like on the surface yeah it would be hot but I want her to have like a normal happy life you know I don't want her to like have to deal with cheating rumor like in a Tristan Thompson situation or anything like that she seems too like sweet and nice and normal for that so true what do we think about this uh completely made up rumor from Jamie it he reminds me of um Thomas from Katie's season where you just like make something up out of thin air and then don't tell anybody that you did that and like I said that's the exact opposite of what I like to see I like when the drama is burst out of like a very real thing like oh he was he's the MVP on this team and now we're jealous about like at least have a nugget of truth at least have the inciting action of your rumor be real and for Jamie to just make something up is so bizarre. And for everybody who didn't watch, he basically said, I, I heard from a good friend of mine in Minneapolis that Michelle, before we started recording the season, was seen like dating a guy in, in Minneapolis. Um, so she's making this all up. Um, I think that there's something funny about when he goes back into the group and there's they've got all the men in a room and Michelle comes out and says, Everyone in the house has been talking about this rumor, which is a lie because Jamie made it up and she gets very upset. She leaves and all the guys start looking around like who, who did this? Like who said this? I miss all this. I don't think anybody knows about this. I, I think about this a lot on survivor. I think about this a lot in general. Now, can't they just look at the cameras and notice that one camera is just sitting on Jamie Like, I want somebody, they're all like, who could it be? Everybody come forward. If you're the guy who told Michelle this and Jamie's just sitting there like pursed lips, like so awkward, like it's clearly Jamie. Look at the guy that the camera is zooming in on. The guy who's not saying anything or one camera is dedicated to him. It's that guy. But I'm excited to see them eat him alive. Well, wait, let me ask you, can you tell, because I agree with you and I'm genuinely wondering as a person on the other side of the camera, Mm. like, is it possible that they're on a, they're in a single on him, like a single shot and he doesn't know because they're shooting from so far away and it's just zoomed in? Yeah, it's possible. I did think about that, but it would still be, it would still be at least in that general direction. That room is so big. There's right. like a big gaggle of dudes. I, I imagine they have a handful of cameras, honestly, but there's still, you just gotta, if you just you took your know. time to look around, you gotta spot it. You gotta spot it. But I think in that situation, everybody is so, I would imagine, concerned with themselves that they're not really even doing that math. They're like worried about how they look on camera yeah. and what they're saying. And like, oh my God, I never heard of this rumor. Am I missing out on the social? Like that. But of course, me sitting on the couch, like drinking wine and eating potato chips, I'm like, wouldn't you know it's that guy <laughs> in the pink suit? <laughs> the interesting thing is that this rumor makes Michelle look bad. You know, normally you yeah. would want one of the other guys to look bad. And this fucking idiot is out here like, we heard that you're a liar and this whole season is a fake. 
okay, yeah. I'm just going to go like disappear and into the crowd. <laughs> why didn't you bring that up on your one-on-one, bro? Like yeah. it seems so shitty. This guy sucks. I, I hate that he sucks too, because I got such a, uh, I was so tickled at the beginning before Jamie went on his date when he was like, I'm excited to hang out with her to see if I like her too. And the other boys were like, what the fuck? He's not here for the right reasons. I was like, that's objectively hilarious. Like he has not even like fully really met her yet. And all he's saying is, I hope I like her back. I hope we vibe with each other. And the guys are like, he's not, he doesn't get how this works. You're supposed to just love her no matter what unconditionally with no information. And so I was like, this is funny to hear it. I, I think I would get a kick out of it if they like do vibe and he like goes a long way. And these guys hate him for voicing a very logical thing. And then he ends up being like a villain. So he, he loses all of that credibility. He also but. seems like weirdly old to me. I'm like, you're too old. Yeah. Yeah. Too he's too old, old for, to be doing this. No, and you're for my princess. Yeah. For my no. Michelle. Uh-uh. Also, I don't his think suit so. was really bad. Like Joe's suit was really good. And if you're going to like stir shit up, then be wearing like a really sexy, cool suit. His suit was mm-hmm. like, it was like a villain suit. It was red with black lapels. Yeah. It was some okay. magic castle shit. That's like, yeah. no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you at all. Um, should we talk about Vanderpump? Let's do it. Wow. Okay. So the Vanderpump (laughs) producers heard us. They were Uh like, we hear you. We, you want a more socially conscious version of the show. So we're going to get someone who has a domestic violence charge against them in Australia (laughs) to be full-time cast member to replace all the people we got rid of. Like what's (laughs) going on? I don't understand. I was not expecting you to say that. I'm sorry. I, not I thought you were going to be like, I thought you were going to be like, the producers heard us and we like finally got a pro Katie episode, mm-hmm, like yeah. somebody was showing the other side of Katie. And then you went down a completely different, also legit path. But I was like, whoa, I have whiplash. Yeah. The Brock thing really no good, really disturbing to me. It is not okay it's really not okay for Sheena on national TV to be like, well, some domestic abuse charges are made up. Um, listen, nobody at there's, we all know that there's universes where crazy shit happens, but you do not need to be like, what's the word giving, giving anybody with that initial and like that reaction, any more power, you know what I mean? You don't need to be giving any more ammunition to people who don't believe victims. Like you don't need to do that. Sheena Shea on Bravo. Um, very dark and so bizarre to me that the, yeah, the show is still trying to make him really like fun at the (laughs) same time. Like he has a domestic abuse charge against him, but he is like eating cute, like cheese whiz out of a bottle with Tom and like enjoying America. I'm like that. I'm like having a tough time with the whiplash in this episode. Um, not good, not good at all. I will say like Sheena is able to compartmentalize even more than I thought she was. So (laughs) that is interesting to watch. I mean, I, I think what's hard for me and I, I try to keep it I try to keep it light on this show, but they really, they really are not helping us at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's fucked up that like this guy gets to go on TV and talk about this situation and the woman who was involved in this, like doesn't have a platform and maybe exactly. never wanted this to be out in public. Like she probably, exactly. and that's, what's like the, like, I do think it's possible that, you know, he said he was 20 and perhaps like, 
I don't know, maybe he got sober, maybe something big in his life has changed. I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying it is possible that people can change and grow. But I don't think that presenting it this way with the woman on the other side who was harmed, not able to speak to the situation, that is what's most fucked up to me. Exactly. Um, And I am shocked that Sheena, I don't know. It's like, if I was, if I found myself in that relationship, I probably would just be like, you know what? I have enough money. I'll retire. And like, I'll just have a relationship with him. Cause I don't want to deal with this being on national television. Exactly. Exactly. It seems that there is, if you've, if you've like done your work and figured it out between the two of you, fine, more power to you. But like, let's say the best version of this is saying people deserve second chances and people can change. Um, I rarely believe that, but Me too. let's say Sheena believes that. So it does feel, we've said this from the beginning before we even knew really kind of how bad it was that Sheena has not done any sort of like PR in her mind about how she's going to handle this, which you also need to do in your real life, like without Vanderpump cameras around, how does she communicate this to her friends just in real life? And that's what we're supposedly quote unquote seeing in this reality show is you do need to be able to answer those questions when you're baby clothes shopping with your friend and they say, I'm concerned about you. I, I know that you're baby daddy has this like rough history. I'm nervous. Mm -hmm. You need to have a good answer. And she doesn't have one. She seems caught off guard. She's like, why, why did you tell Lala about the restraining order? It's like, well, that's, that's your guys's truth now. And you've made the decision to stay with him. How have you not sort of sorted through what your answers are going to be? That's like my biggest beef with it. And that's what loses, makes her lose credibility when she's talking to her friends or talking to Lisa Vanderpump about it. And they're worried. Mm-hmm. It's a, I'm worried. You don't look like you've put a lot of thought or you have a lot of, um, you've just not put a lot of thought into this. And that's, yeah. that's what people are concerned with. Yeah. And also maybe if she had, we would, you know, it would be a more representative, you know, circumstance of what happened and people could perhaps like get in her headspace and feel better for her. But she's just like, don't talk about it. It's like the idea that this would not come up. Like someone wouldn't reach out to Lala or anyone on the show and be like, Hey, there's something you should know is yeah, you're stupid. Like you've been on the show for too long to think that. So I don't know. Like I'll be on the show. Like, like, what do you mean? Have you, do you not, were you hibernating for the past two years, Brock? Like, we're fucking out here, dude. We're fucking PIs. And we didn't even need to do that, like, to get to this crazy background of yours. It's no good. Also, like, come on with this bullshit of, like, there's no way I could have stayed in Australia and, like, raised my kids. I had to come to America, like, the land of opportunity. Opportunity for what? Your, like, weird karate videos? Like, (laughs) You could have done that in Australia while being a dad. It's so, it just felt really like the way he was talking about it seemed really antiquated. It's not the right word, but like felt very old timey to be like, I came to America because of all the opportunities. Like you were in Australia sick, dude. Like you could have been, you could have like provided for your kids in Australia. I don't, I just like, don't buy that. And, and for Sheena to be like, he came here to support his kids. I'm not into it. It's like, you weren't. You weren't coming from this like insanely there's places that we've seen on 90 day fiance where I'm like, I get it. Yeah. Like it, like there's fucking places where they're like just straight up living in a river and have to marry some weird guy from America to get out of living in a fucking river. Brock wasn't living in a river. No, I'm not like, I don't buy that argument. And that's the only leg he has to stand on. It's like, I came to America for my, no, you didn't. You came to America to fuck a Bravo liberty. 
Yeah, absolutely. I just, and also on top of that, he's just like, not a good guy. Like, I don't like the way he talks to his mom, her mom. I don't like the way he Mm -mm. talks to her. I don't like the Mm -mm. way he takes pickleball. So fucking seriously and (laughs) doesn't even like contend. It's just like, what the fuck are we doing with this storyline? I don't understand. So that's my feelings on that. Um, Mm -hmm. a plus Katie episode. I really, Katie episode. I was very happy that she decided to share that she had an abortion. I thought, you know, uh, talking about the circumstances within her relationship within the first year was like probably really hard to do on national television for her. Even if that was like an easy choice, I don't know how she felt about it at the time, but it's really nice to see an arc of a woman um, who was in a place where she was pregnant and could not responsibly raise the child, hearing mm-hmm. both of them talk about it, mm-hmm. hearing Schwartz say, like, I had $300 in my bank account. Like, that's not fair to have a baby at that point. And then to see them get married and later on really want to have kids and not talk about, like, I, you know, I really regret having an abortion. We exactly. should have had that baby. I think that's really special in this episode. Completely agree. I think. I really, really, I've never seen it spoken about in that way where, cause it, it seems sort of like, it's always very, very like binary. You either weren't yeah. supposed to have the kid because you were with the wrong person, or you were supposed to have the kid cause you were with the right person. And like, I loved them saying we were the right people, but at that time we weren't in the right circumstance and we actually weren't the healthiest couple to be having a baby. Like even Schwartz was like, we probably would have broken up and then been great co-parents. Like, mm-hmm. it's like if I was just to guess, like I just, we were different people and to know that they stayed together and now reached a level of knowing that they would be good parents all while being like the same couple is super, I think important and unique to hear on T. I've just like never heard it talked about in that way. Cause Cause yeah, you would often think like, well, now that they're trying, I bet they regret getting rid of that one before. And it's like, no, yeah. dude, it's so much more complicated than that. And I think that they're going to be better for it because they were able to make a choice in a really difficult time. And now they've set themselves up for success and their future children are going to have happier, healthier lives because of it. Um, excellent Katie episode, terrible shirt, awful, <laughs> awful shirt. Um, so that kind of balanced it out. She had like mm. little poofy things on her sleeves. Yeah. It wasn't like the that. worst. I guess it wasn't the worst, but it was, it was not a good shirt. Um, but yeah, bravo to Katie and Tom for opening up about that. Um, and then let's quickly touch on part three of the Super Bowl. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> It, okay, so Dorit's stuff got stolen out of her house this week. We saw that in the news. Really sad. Yeah, super scary. scary. I also always wonder about that when she's like doing, I mean, not to blame her or anything, but I do wonder like you're doing Watch What Happens Lives from your accessories closet. I'm sure people who want to steal from you, like, you know, looked at all the mm-hmm. stuff you have in there. It's interesting though, because in this episode, they referenced Kyle getting robbed like so many times. And then they said that Andy texted Lisa to be like, hey, move those dresses out of your garage. Like people now know that they're in there. It's an interesting element of this show where we want to pretend like it's all fantasy and they have to show us their entire life, but there's like actual dangers that can happen. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad Jareed's okay. I'm glad her kids are okay. That is, I think I'd probably sell my house and move if I was her. That's like so traumatic. Really, really traumatic. Yeah, no, it's uh, super, super scary. Thank God she's okay. And yeah, it is something that, I also wonder how much that's changed in the years that the show has been produced. Like, has this been an issue from the get-go? Like, was, you know, was Vanderpump in season one, like, changing her security because of Mm -hmm. everything on TV? Or is this something where 
it, they've become more popular technology and like creepy criminal shit is getting easier to do. I don't know. Um, but yeah, super, super scary, especially they do those like drone shots over their houses. You could find where they live through that. Like you could totally find where they live. Easy peasy. It did make Um, me feel like anyone could break into my house for any reason at any time, because I definitely don't have as much security as to read. (laughs) I was like, oh, well then we're all fucked. Okay. Well, I have nothing to steal. So just, just FYI, putting that out there. Yeah. I have nothing to to steal. Believe me. I do not have jewelry. I don't please. And I am. Fredo is um, a really, really tough dog. Yeah. He'll definitely beat you up. Um, um, I really quickly wanted to say that I thought um, Sutton's apology for how she handled that conversation with Crystal was really nice. And I appreciate yes. that she did that. Yes. Agreed. And it allows Shout me out. to like her more. So that's good. more. Um, what do you think about Erica? Uh, I thought um, I thought this was a bad Erica episode. Very, very anti-Erica after this one. It was very me, 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 I'm the victim. And then when everyone said, do you understand how it looks like you're making yourself the victim? She was like, do you understand how I am the victim? It was very, it was very digging, digging her hole, pretty, pretty deep. And it was too full of those quippy, I think I'm in Chicago, the musical lines. Like, you'll see what I'll do. And like, am I angry enough for you now? Like all of these things that were, nothing felt even close to heartfelt. Like the previous, previous moments and previous answers had some teary eyed moments or seemed just like even slightly vulnerable. And this just felt very, um, very fake, very angry and, and incredibly selfish. And they were beating her over the head with going, do you see how all you do is say, woe is me. All you do is say, Mm -hmm. look at my life. Like, look how awful this is. And it, it's different when we're talking about actual victims, the height of the definition of victim is what Mm -hmm. we're talking about here. Burn victims, fucking plane crash widows and family, like crazy shit. And you cannot stop telling us how difficult your life is. And she just can't hear it. She can't hear it. And it's makes me not think she's a good person. Yeah. I mean, I think, so it was really interesting for me to watch her go. And how do you think I feel? And everyone's like confused. And Andy's like, how do you feel? I don't think she understands that this is not whatever she's giving off is not what she thinks people are perceiving. Like she is, we're very confused by her reaction. And I think she thinks it's like so abundantly clear that she's pissed off at Tom, but she it's not. And like, What's also even more confusing is like when Crystal asks a question, she goes after Crystal as if she's the one doing this to her. She's more, she appears to be more pissed off at people asking common sense questions that I think could actually help her side of things if she has yeah. the answers to them. Then she appears to be pissed off at Tom. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, it's just such a, like, obviously I've never been in this situation before. It's insane, but it's just such a disconnect from what, she thinks she, she seems to be portraying. Yeah. Cause it's defensive defensiveness, right? Yeah. Like it is that anger is coming from being questioned and it's not anger that is at Tom for the reason that she's being questioned. It's not this like general, like she's claims that it is, but it's not. And there's a moment where Andy says, I've got like all these tough questions for you. And she goes, I've got answers. And I think perhaps the goal of that was to feel like I'm innocent. I have all the answers, like go ahead and ask me, I have nothing to hide. And to me, it came off as go ahead. I'm just going to bullshit you anyway. Like Mm -hmm. it, like it didn't seem like a, 
I'm not afraid of your questions because I'm innocent. It was just like, I'm here to play a fucking character. Yeah. And it was no good. It also is like when he says, you know, she's like, you'll just have to see what I do next. And he's like, what are you, what are you going to do next? And she's yeah. like, you'll have to find out. It's like, you'll have you- to wait and see. It's like, <laughs> okay. Like, are you a fucking Disney villain? Like, it's not, it is just not, it, it the entire thing read so one note. Yeah. And, and it was not good. Um, yikes. And I'm curious what is even, what stones are even left to turn in this fourth part? I anticipate that the fourth part has to be a lot of Erica bullshit because we've already gotten quite a bit. And then this episode felt like a little bit of the, all right, we have to pay our dues and do what we normally do in a reunion. Like we need to shout out Crystal for being the new housewife. We need to shout out Kathy for all of her Mm -hmm. funny moments. There was like a, a big bulk of the episode was kind of obligatory plug in reunion stuff. I didn't hate, but I was like, give me the Erica debacle. And now that we've gotten all that out of the way, I think that that's a lot of what part four is going to be about. So I hope, because if it's also like slightly bullshitty, I'm going to be like, this could have been three parts, Andy. Yeah, I, uh, I, they're acting like she's giving so much information, which I guess she's giving some, but it's starting to get a little bit repetitive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't feel like I've really learned anything new except like, I mean, yeah, I don't feel like I've learned anything new. I mean, I guess her saying my lawyers didn't want me to go on the show was the newest thing that I, that we hadn't heard, but everything Mm -hmm. else is sort of exactly what we thought, right? Yeah. And the police report thing is going to be in next week's episode too. The police report regarding one of the many car accidents. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. It's, it's Mm -hmm. a... She's not going to be like, no, I knew. And I spent all the money. That's what I'm waiting for. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. That's funny. Um, Oh boy. Well, should we get into this week's interview? Yeah. We're talking about winter house. We're giving it its proper amount of time to unpack because it was so bonkers. Um, with a good, I love how you call it. It sounds like you say winter house. Yeah, it is winter house. (laughs) Winter house. Uh, yeah. And we have a very friendly writer who I worked with on a show. So you guys will get to meet her on the other end of our break. All right, today we have a very funny comedy writer and my good friend that I just finished working on the show Velma with, Akshara. She is on the fabulous hit show, Never Have I Ever. If you haven't seen it, I binged the whole thing in like two days. So it's a very enjoyable show. Welcome to the sh- podcast, Akshara. Wow, thank you for having me. I'm, I feel nervous to have my voice recorded. That's okay. <laughs> I feel like that's normal. That means you're not like a narcissist. Everybody, everybody always comes on here and starts acting unlike I've ever seen anyone act. So don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Whatever you do is a-okay. Um, excited, yeah. What personality will I take on? <laughs> Uh, today we're going to talk about Winter House, the new show on Bravo. Do you want to tell us like what made you choose Winter House? Why it spoke to you as something yeah, you wanted to talk about? Sure, I'm a huge Summer House fan. I think that casting is just great. I think it was what Vanderpump Rules wants was was once and mm-hmm. wants to be still. Like it just mm-hmm. has that energy wow. with young people that haven't been on TV. Mm-hmm. But I do, and obviously those Southern Charm guys just will do whatever they want. <laughs> It's great. Are you a Southern Charm fan as well or no? 
I didn't watch this last season after like three of the women yeah. that I liked left. And although what's Catherine's husband, I can't even like remember his name. It's how long it's been. I was like, I haven't watched since then. But um, those original seasons, that was amazing TV. That was Intense. so yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So you are familiar with the Southern Charm world. Yeah. That's good. And I'm so glad to have you on this week with the Lindsay um, appearance. I think it was so smart of them to like stagger her a week. So it's like a bigger deal that she's coming in to destroy the house. That was such great producing. Yeah, they needed her activated and it worked. I was <laughs> I You guys are so much smarter than me. I, I thought that was an honest to goodness. Like I have to stay because I have work thing. I really, truly, and I was watching it like, there's things in Survivor that are like, oh, this, if you, if you just got here, like a few minutes earlier, you just were in this group, like a day before it would completely change your journey on Survivor. And that's what I was thinking while I was watching Lindsay. I was like, if she didn't have a work commitment, this would change her entire <laughs> thing because I'm a dingus. But I, but yeah, if that is intentional, it was genius, genius producing for sure. Well, what does she do for a living? Like, she's uh, great question. Who does this? You Medicine know, she's like, like, I'm like, are any of them working it? When Kyle's like, oh, I have so many calls, and he was like in bed, and everyone was awake eating. I was like, okay, um, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I don't think I think like you know it makes sense that they're working on Lover Boy because that's like an extension of the show. They got that brand from being on the show. But I'm like, are we really supposed to buy? I buy it more than like someone working at Sir still, but like she really is a PR person or who would want her as PR after seeing the show? I don't know. <laughs> also, um, I think it's like the Luke Sierra entering Summer House late worked so well that I feel like they're like, let's just do this every time. Let's like hold her down, make her share a room. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. All right. So do we want to do like a TikTok of the episode, Taylor? I feel like that's a little bit of your specialty. Do you want to take I us through what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let me see if I could do if I could like get all of the names correct. So the big the big headline is obviously that Lindsay is coming late. And in anticipation of her arrival, Austin is like I'm a little bit nervous because I've been talking to her like quote unquote talking to her for years and years and I don't know exactly what her expectations are, but I'm really excited. And then Craig is like, well, she's in love with you and she's going to want to hook up with you. And she's going <laughs> to tell you that she's in love with you. And Austin's like, I don't think that's the case, man. I think she's going to come in and be like stoked that I made out with Sierra in the hot tub. I think she's going to want to gossip about it. It's going to be something that's like so totally sick. And then Lindsay arrives and like jumps bachelorette style into Austin's arms and immediately starts screaming, I love you. And then he does what I hate, which is immediately go, I love you too. And they have this big entrance, Sierra in the corner hot, stunning, beautiful, educated nurse that she is. It's like observing it and going, this is weird. Don't love this, but okay. And then they all proceed to hang out and there's just a weird tension between all three of them. Finally, they get very, very drunk. And then Lindsay pulls Austin aside and confesses that she's in love with him. She just smiling and looking right at him and goes, I'm in love with you. And then he goes, I'm going to need to go to bed and goes to bed. <laughs> he leaves and goes to bed. And the very next day, oh, and I missed the best part. Okay. Before this happens, while they're all getting drunk and they're kind of like putzing around deciding where people are sleeping, Sierra, who's still like circling Austin, circling Austin, goes to his room, sits on his bed and is talking with him when Lindsay bursts in the room and spots Sierra on the bed and looks at Austin standing next to the bed and does the rudest mean girl, like eye roll sort of like whatever, I'm dismissing this entire interaction and leaves the room, which made me hold my breath while watching. Uh, loved that <laughs> moment. 
Then she later gets drunk and she tells him she loves him. Then the next day, everybody's hanging out and they do a weird biking in the snow activity, which I find very quintessentially like, hey, look, we're doing a show called Winter House now. They're out in the snow. Look at them make snow angels while they're drunk instead of a pool party. And Austin pulls Lindsay aside to say, hey, just wanted to talk. Uh, Last night you told me you were in love with me. And she's just like beaming at him. She's beaming at him with what I call birthday eyes. When you want to be like, it's my birthday today to somebody. And (laughs) he goes, (laughs) okay, he goes, and I love you. And she, her smile gets even bigger. And then he says, like a sister. And then it says to be continued. All right. First of all, I want to know what we think about what Sierra is doing here and why does she like Austin? What's going on? Why does she like Austin? And objectively, like, let's look at girl code on paper is a make out two days before with a new person. Does that carry more weight than a hookup three years earlier with a friend like Ooh. which person has more because I was like yeah which person has more of a claim on this absolute wet noodle I know okay my thing about why she's into him is that I think when you're a tall girl you kind of assess everyone that's there and if one person is taller than you you decide to like them oh, <laughs> wow. that's just the way it works I think you're like someone can meet me at eye contact or taller that's the one I'm into and that's kind of just what happened with her that makes like, wow. That makes a lot of sense because it does feel like he checks a box for her, and I kept being like, "What is the box? What's going on and here?" She, and that's like, it. He's hilarious, and I was like, "He's tall. We can just say it. he's tall. <laughs> he's bringing one thing to the table." It's and hilarious. if you're Sierra, like I'm looking at this situation, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you have a crush on someone, you have a crush on someone, but why would you want to involve yourself with someone Lindsay is so clearly obsessed with? Like she seems smarter than that and has more options than that to me. I don't understand. Sierra also has just come off of this summer of watching Lindsay implode with make me a sandwich relationship. And so maybe she doesn't want to deal with the drama, but also doesn't see her. She just kind of sees her as a mess and like, is it, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't know. It's a good question. Cause yeah. How, why, why would you want to get involved in someone who's going to scream at you like that? But I wonder what Austin has said to Sierra or downplayed it to Sierra. Yeah. That's the thing. I think that nobody has any idea. Like no one knew they had had sex. Like I don't, I think people maybe thought they had kissed once and that she was just into him and they were good friends. But from his entire, like, and like, I think Craig is the only one that knew more important stuff or not even the sex thing, I guess. So I think to Sierra, she was like, oh, whatever. They're like close friends. Like she has like a weird close relationship with everyone with Carl with like, like mm-hmm. every guy who's not taken, she has kind of like a- Yeah, I have them. so much beef with this kind of girl though. Yeah. Like the girl, it's the, seriously, their catchphrase is my boys. Like when she came <laughs> in and said that, I was like, yes. you are exactly the person that we all think you are. Like she, this is her play. She like keeps, she's like a vulture. She like circles guys and waits for women to fuck up. And then she's like, but I'm in love with you. And then like, I don't know why she keeps doing it because it never it never works out for her. She's mm-hmm. always and when you put yourself in that position too, you're always going to be like right after a breakup, which normally is a hard place to start the kind of relationship that Lindsay wants. And mm-hmm. so I, I don't understand why she keeps. 
I don't know though, but like Austin saying to her, I want to date you next year. Yeah, that's a crime. I hate that. I hate that. I was like, this is the worst person to do this to because it's going to be so easy to just point the finger at Lindsay and be like, she is crazy. Isn't she typically being her typical self? But if she's telling the truth and it seems like she is just based off of the very little we've seen of them together and how much he's saying, I love you and how physical he's being with her and how like affectionate he's being. He seems like the guy who would FaceTime you on new year's while he's fucking another oh, girl yeah, and being yeah. like, can't wait to date you next year. You're going to make a great man out of me. Stars are going to align Lindsay and she's going to eat <laughs> that up. And that's you know so- that night she made like a full calendar for their future relationship. Like, yes. she- I mean, she was like, I'm going to winter. I feel like she only came to winter house for him to be in this relationship. Yeah, she, Absolutely. I mean, she was like, he's single, I'm single, it's gonna happen. And within yes. seconds, he was like, I made out with Sierra and I want to do it again. It's like, Why oh, is she so congested? Like, just when you said that, I was like, is she, what's going on with her sinuses? I'm concerned about them. Sorry, what were you going to say? Okay? You know, I'm shocked didn't make the episode Aunt Rhonda. I thought that bitch was going to be on the phone in seconds. <laughs> it's like something bad happens, Aunt Rhonda's on the phone. I'm really hoping she wasn't it like wild to see her confiding in Austin through all of this stuff, like on, on the phone separately while she was in summer house. I thought that was insane. We talked about it a little bit last week, but like really weird to see the Bravo world, like intertwining behind the scenes. Yeah. I I loved watching Sierra and Craig like gossip on the bed when Sierra was like, can you tell me what's going like, clearly there's more to this Lindsay thing than I thought. And Craig and her just like sit on the bed and he's like, so three years ago, they hook up. And I'm like, I love this. Anytime Craig and Paige are like in a room together, I become a PI. I'm like, what's happening? Can I I sense the chemistries? But they're always like laughing together. I'm like excited for them to be together. I'm like, oh yeah, you're both like kind of like funny, fun fools. And I love it. How do you feel about them together? Because when you say it like that, that makes sense. But at first I was like, Craig is not like the shining beacon of success that I want Paige to be with. (laughs) I think that she from season one has changed. So remember in season one, she wouldn't like kiss on camera. She had to like go mm-hmm. to the pantry. And this season in episode one, we saw like her full ass crack with the right. hand. Like, I just think it's like times she's like, I'm going to make most of this. Yeah. Growth. Yeah. <laughs> we love to I see that for our queen. <laughs> I also love that he's like totally fine. Well, this is also coming from a guy who dated someone that his friend like fucked before he started dating them. But it's so funny to see her so into this Italian guy and be like, I'm completely in love. He's the hottest man I've ever made out with. And like her boyfriend is like right in the next room and is going to date her eventually. We just don't know when. And he has to now watch this with her, which is fun. This whole thing reads even more so than Summer House. Like Winter House to me reads so much more like a um, theater summer camp where (laughs) like sexual tension is so high. Mm -hmm. There is so much of that, like he's tall, I will hook up with him. But then also so much of the like, this is my best friend. He's my, like there's so much happening in this pressure cooker of people in such a short period of time like there's only 12 days left who are you gonna be you're gonna leave with who's gonna be your boyfriend I'm like this is they're all just like in a musical together having showmances I love it there was so much pen 15 energy this episode it's just so like oh my god like what if we went in the closet and we made out like what if I just like stayed in your room and like stayed in your bed and I was like these are adults like just go just do something do something to me I was like yes stop talking about kissing her (laughs) um 
Mike, when I was watching the episode with him, he was like, do you know what Austin is doing? And I, I was like, what do you mean? Do I know what Austin is doing? He's being a dick. Like, I'm so confused why he's putting so much energy into both relationships. And he was like, he's laying a base, right? So he's saying he's setting up Lindsay to be like primed to hook up. Right. So before he even gets there, he's like, I can't lose. I definitely have one girl that's into me. But then he's like seeing if he can get someone better than Lindsay, which is Sierra, and he can. So he's going to go do whatever he wants with Sierra, act like he didn't lay a base with Lindsay. But if that fails, he can always go back to Lindsay. And I was like, this is disgusting that you know this. I okay. <laughs> okay, Mike. I'm calling Mike out. I feel like the last time I hung out with Mike, I was talking about people being fuckboys. And Mike was like, what's a fuckboy? What kind of behavior is this? I was like talking about somebody else. And he was like, this is just like crazy behavior to me. And he like turned to Tony and was like, do you know what it's like to like have a roster? Do you like, what does that even mean? And I was like, oh my God, Mike is such a little angel, little cookie, little bear. He's never done any of this stuff. And all of a sudden he's got a fucking Ted talk about how to lay a base before a trip. (laughs) disgusting Mike I have been the Mike base. is still an angel that like picks up dinner I he don't does it is. I'm team Mike in this room I can't help it oh like. thank you Akshara that's very sweet Akshara, no it's an anti Mike podcast Akshara no <laughs> Akshara, I regret remember? being on here I'm ending session no <laughs> Uh, Mike was like going to pick up food for us when Akshara came over and she was like, having a fiance seems so great. And I was like, yeah, it's like having a free post. He arrived with CB2 chairs. (laughs) Then he greeted me, changed his outfit and then went to go get our dinner. I was like, this is, this is like everything in one. Yeah, Wait, that's like I'm every day. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm um, shitting on him, and he made me a full like three course brunch last weekend. Oh yeah, so. <laughs> that is true. I get it. But um, don't you think this is the exact thing? This probably happens in Sierra's life like every day. This is what happened with Luke on Summer House. He was like, "Oh great, I'll have Hannah," but then like, if I can have Sierra, I'll have her. Um, but like, I'll always just have Hannah, and it's like, yeah. Okay. And it sucks for Sierra because I do think that she had, you know, she was going after Austin. She was like, I'm getting flirty. I'm in a mood. I'm in a mood to make out with somebody. And so I don't think it was as simple as like her falling into Austin's trap, but it sucks because her wanting, she was like, I just want to hook up with one of these guys that I've been told is available and single. And then, so you're, it's misleading because then you're like, oh, well, knowing what I know now, I might not have picked you to hook up with the hot tub or whatever. Like I would have potentially hooked up with somebody else. So it's like, it sucks for her that she keeps being told she's going to hook up with somebody who is just available and hot and tall. And then they end up being douchebags. My thing with this season is like, why are there so many models? They're acting like they're on America's Next Top Model. Like stop, like you need to show some personality. You need to do, you don't just wake up every morning, like talk about like your breakfast and your workout. Like they're, this is, I'm very annoyed at them. And then I looked at Gabby and I was like, of course she was on America's Next Top Model. Is that what I recognize her from? Yes. That is also why I don't like her. I don't, I don't like that. She came into the house expecting the big room. And then she reminded me of somebody that I didn't like. And I think it's herself because I've seen every episode of America's Next Top Model. But I thought that her energy was very bold and very like not, uh, didn't make a huge effort to like make friends. And I, if I was in that situation, I would be so anxious and want to make friends with everyone so bad. And she was like, so confident that I was like jealous and therefore I dislike her. <laughs> also didn't make a huge effort to blend in her contour. I was like, no, yeah. Or you know how this works. Please yeah, just blend girl. It 
And the lighting when you're around snow is much harsher, especially from the ground. Did yeah. you know this? And like, yeah. like the lighting, if you're around snow is hardcore, you got to get everything on your like cheeks and below us to be. It'll literally like Kafka's. sunburn under your eyes from being mm-hmm. around the snow. Oh Same God. thing with the ocean. Cause it's like reflecting. It's like having a little mirror underneath your face, basically. Wear sunscreen, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How do we feel about the way Amanda and Kyle are acting specifically Amanda, knowing that they have just gotten married right after this? I'm an Amanda apologist. I love her for some undying reason. I think it's because we watched her journey from like side piece, not even side piece, like person you text at 2.30 a.m. and takes an Uber to come meet you um, to wife. And applause to her. But yeah, I don't know. I think they like realize they don't have a storyline and their storyline is like Kyle is drunk and Amanda is annoyed about it. And like (sighs) in the preview, it's like Gabby's going to get in the way of their relationship. And I was like, how many times do we have to watch this? Like, they need a different storyline. Do you believe that that's actually going to happen? Or do you think we're just, it's like tricky editing? I have been fooled. The Summer House trailers are always wrong. Like, I feel like I remember this. Like, they always are like this person or when they were like, Lindsay and like Luke kissed or whatever. And then it ended up being something that a psychic had like. A psychic said. Or I was like, what? I was like, this is insane. Um, I'm sensing from Amanda that she feels left out and wants and kind of wants to act like she's single, but she's fully about to get married. It's very interesting. Are you guys noticing that? Like she's trying to speak Italian all the time and like, <laughs> she's like, I'll just take my ring off and boom, I'm single. Now I can go with my girls. I, I don't know. I, I always feel sad for her whenever he's like so fucking wasted and passing out in his clothes, like on the floor in the living room. But she also seems to enjoy being with someone who parties that much. So maybe it doesn't bother her. I don't know. What do you think, Taylor? I do think, I feel like the, it changed the calculus a little bit, adding so many new people and that maybe some of that is just being read from her feeling like, oh, like womp womp. I'm the only, I'm like the mom in the group. And it's kind of like the way you're even introduced is then like, you're just like this couple. It's like, here's, Mm -hmm. here's Paige and here's Sierra. And then, so this is like Kyle and Amanda and like, that's like their, their own like separate thing. Um, and I do sense that there's a little bit of, I mean, even the first episode when they were like, why aren't you sitting together? And Amanda's like, we see each other a lot. Mm-hmm. Like there's gotta be a lot of that too. That's like, I want to enjoy being with everybody else, but they're also caught up in this like hot sex summer theater camp thing that they're mm-hmm. doing that she can't fully participate in. That I could see that like making a little bit of FOMO, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I wonder if it's like a weird part of her relationship that like now Sierra and Paige are such good friends. Like, I feel like it was at least mm. it was kind of like, oh, she and Paige maybe got along better or something, but maybe she feels a little bit like those two girls have each other and have their two guys and like Carl's not in the house. So it's like, not like they have their normal third person. Like she just doesn't have anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I do think it would suck if you're in that, if you're in that situation and you're boyfriend has such a big personality or fiance husband has such a big personality they get this shitty room under the living room and he's going to be complaining about it so 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 much that she does she's not going to be like allotted a single minute to be like oh it kind of stinks down there like you you then have to be the the side of the relationship that's like making everybody feel okay about it because he's taking up all of the complaining energy that you guys are allowed to have. And that would really stink. I would really, I would resent being the person that's like, no, don't worry about it. He's just being a drama queen. 
But if I was really like staying up all night because people were praying beer pong above me, I'd be like, it does kind of suck. But then you're going to both look like assholes. So you can't say that. So I would, I think there's probably a lot of those things in their relationship where she has to soak up this like apologetic or like it's okay or trying to just like smooth things over when she should be allowed to have like one little iota of like it sort of sucks to be down there, but it is what it is, like whatever. Counterpoint, one of my favorite things to do is to be a couple that is complaining about the same thing. Like that's how I know I'm with the right person because it's like, I don't want to hear you calm me down. I want you to pile on. um, But probably on TV, that makes you look like just assholes. I also did enjoy- Yeah, the public facing version of it. (laughs) Um, I also did enjoy the editors like doing him so dirty about how he can literally fall asleep anywhere. (laughs) Like there's a clip of her being like, did you sleep in the pantry? (laughs) And now he's like, oh, the lighting's bad. The bed's bad. It's like, why don't you just like pound five fireballs or something and then you'll be fine. The Bravo editors are so good now. Even that like Mm -hmm. montage of like all the times Lindsay's freaked out in her relationship. And like, I was like, this is amazing. They're just iconic. They're doing whatever they want now. Also, I was like, did they get a discount on tubing? Why are they going tubing on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City on this show? It's like (laughs) when all of a sudden every season, it must be like easy to get a permit to film there. Cause like, remember there was a year where they would like every show Vanderpump and Beverly Hills and whatever, they would all go to, you know, the hatchet throwing or like the place Mm. where you could break plates, you know? Yeah. Yeah, The demolition room. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, why do I have to watch? It's not interesting. I don't understand. So that's how I guess tubing is like that for now. Um, I do appreciate that the tubing does keep them in normal clothes because the fact that, as you pointed out, they're all models and the first episode they had a party where they could just wear bikinis inside the house. I was like, I hope this isn't every episode. I'd like to have snacks during it. This is a little much for me. My instinct is to say bad things about everyone's body just to like counteract the feeling of like, why are they all models? But I know that's not the right thing to do. So I'm going to hold back on the pod. But you know, behind the scenes, I would be like, her boobs are small. You know, that kind of stuff. So um, I cannot believe that Lindsay and Austin basically like came out that they had sex. Mm-hmm. And then he had this whole like emotional, let's like hold each other and melt to the ground with each other, which was so weird. And to me, that would have been a sign of like, yes, like this is happening. I'm reading this situation correctly. And then later on when she says, I love you. And he says, I love you like a sister. Like automatically I would have been like, do you fuck your sister? Like Mm. I need to know because Mm -hmm. this is, I don't, it's just such gaslighting behavior. I don't know. What did you guys think of that whole situation? Take it away, Akshara. I know. I thought I was like, this is, this is wild. It is what you said. It's like, he wants a piece of like everyone and everything. And like, she was going to be his backup. But a counterpoint to this whole thing is like, I didn't understand how Sierra was like, had firsthand account of all of this and was like, it's a smart idea to go to his room tonight. Yeah. Like if I saw that shit happen, I'd be like, this is like, this is, this is like a mess. I need yeah. to do this. Like there's no chance. 
but I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like the producers being like, he's still, I mean, he does still like her. Like, mm -hmm. I don't, but it's, it felt very like, what is she doing? Like, why is she going in there? And then Lindsay being so drunk that she fell over and her like walking in there. I was like, oh my God, so much is happening. And I'm so stressed about it. Uh, or even, I feel like when Lindsay watches this back, she should, not that she's going to, but the fact that she, she was like, I love you. And he was like, I need to like go to my room and think about it. And then he went to Sierra's bed. I was like, oh no. Yeah, it felt to me the biggest issue I had is that I agree with Mike that I feel like he was laying a base in this groundwork with Lindsay, but that he for sure made up his mind that it was going to be Sierra. I don't, I don't really remember seeing a lot of like waffling back and forth. Like after Lindsay's arrival, he was like, oh no. And in that time, the day and a half it took for him to like officially announce to her he did not want to be hooking up with her. I'll give him the credit for at least admitting that he hooked up with Sierra and admitted that he wanted to again. But in that day and a half, he like let Lindsay throw herself at him. He had that weird sensual hug where they fell to the ground at the bar and like said how much he loved her. And all of those were times that you could have said, and like, I know that we've had so much, will they, won't they, but like, I really, I'm really going to pursue this thing with Sierra or I've really come to the conclusion that I, I'm just looking forward to seeing you as a friend. Like, it's not that long. It was like a day and a half, but it was enough to like let Lindsay sort of make a fool of herself. Yeah, that is the worst part. It's like his, he like is enabling her and then like out of nowhere cut her off, which makes her look crazy. Yeah. But you're like, that's, she's not crazy. She's respond like any of us would respond to someone acting that way to us as they like me, they like me, we're going to date. Mm -hmm. We love each other. And then he does this and you look back and you're like, well, now I look crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do. Here I am feeling empathetic for Lindsay. I uh, I've watched her for <laughs> so long on this show and I have come around on her fully. I'm like, I'm so grateful that she's here because otherwise we would just have like like you guys said, models talking about working out and eating breakfast and she <laughs> Her clapping like, I love you at someone. <laughs> I mean, like, you don't get it. Like the energy of like, I will force this man to be with me mm -hmm. is something that I truly identify with. <laughs> and to see it on camera in a 30 something year old woman who's older than me is so entertaining. It's very Sheena Shea energy. And yeah. I, I really appreciate having it on my TV and um, I don't think I could stand to talk to her even one time in person, but I do ultimately hope that she like has babies because she has a, a serious plan. I know. Uh, the timeline right now, is she going to be married or even have a child? Like, that's it's like question. she has different ideas about what she was doing this summer. I will say Austin, ugh, I hate myself for saying this. Austin is hotter than that guy that she thought she was going to have her whole life with. Oh I yeah. Think, yeah unfortunately. Yeah. I want to wrap this up by saying also everyone has given Madison LaCroix credit for the Ben Affleck and JLo relationship. Realistically, I think the credit belongs to Craig and possibly even Austin. What do you guys think? Wow. You know what I mean? Because like Craig outed, Craig outed Madison on Ooh. the, um, not summer house. Oh my God. Southern Charm, oh, the Southern Charm reunion, reunion yeah. and was like, she's hooking up with a baseball player in Florida. And if Austin has gotten his shit together and like had a successful beer company, then 
Madison probably never would have FaceTimed A-Rod and they would have had, they would have, he would have been her child's stepfather. It would have worked out. She tried so many times to be like, just stop acting like a spoiled brat and like get it together and stop drinking. He couldn't do it. She FaceTimed A-Rod. They broke up. J-Lo and Ben Affleck are together. I don't that, know. Wow. Her like fiance is hot. I was yeah. like, he's much hotter than Austin. What do we know about him? I was like trying to look at his Instagram and he's just a regular guy, it seems like. I like went on it and then I was like, why is there a, gr- a photo of a girl from Never Have I Ever? And I was like, oh, he's like a Netflix photographer or he's just like a photographer that happens to do a lot of, like he had that girl oh. outer banks. Like it was just so many photos of famous people. And then I went to February 2020 and there was like a photo of Madison and her business partner that are like launching, I don't know, like a hairline or something. And I was like, right. They so met because he photographed her and then oh. suddenly we're like engaged so quickly, but I feel like that's what happened. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, so he's not really like that normal. He has like a kind of a glossy job. Yeah. I see. All right. A and glossy he- job. <laughs> <laughs> we never talked about this, but I will put money down that Andrea is like a fake Italian. Like ah! There's like something about him that like, it just like doesn't check out. Like, I feel like he is, like you said, like just like a New York actor who is like, I look really Italian and like, let me try to get away with this. It'll be like the greatest scam of my life. Oh my God. I love this so much. I have a restaurant that's down the street that I told, it's an Italian place. And I told Mike and Alyssa like, oh, Tony and I just tried this Italian place. We love it so much. And Mike and Alyssa were like, it is, it's amazing. It's so good. And I was like, it's funny because it's just this little house that's like nestled away, like in Venice. But everyone who works there has a very thick Italian accent. And and they at multiple points during our meal, like the server would talk to the host in Italian to each other in front of us, like as if they were having a side conversation. But it was clear that we were supposed to see what was happening. And I was like, I don't know. I have sort of a like. Disney employee vibe where like I don't believe a hundred percent of this staff is from Italy and Mike and Alyssa were like we agree we think it's also fake so I love that you have this theory because it it makes it so crazy that it would work <laughs> and there's something the about, like, about he has like sleazy energy like there's something about him that's just like, like he's too smooth or he's too good at saying exactly what Paige wants to hear like he hasn't had a single red flag so far and I was like that's mm-hmm. just that's wrong People, he's always like I'll stay back with the girls and like teach them skiing and you're like <laughs> well that we yeah. know why he's doing that um, that's yeah. like sle- sle- to me that's sleazy <laughs> but um Mike said this and then I also saw a meme of it online that he looks like Cedric from the first season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills like Lisa's unwanted house guest oh yeah. he's very like European <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, they look very similar and I get the same sleazy vibe from him. What do you guys think about him uh, bringing coffee to the girls every morning? Do we like it? Do we think it's too thirsty? I couldn't, that is my love language. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be more jealous. I think it is thirsty, but I love it. Like I, oh God, Tony, if you're listening, please God, <laughs> bring me a cup of coffee. I have hand you multiple burgers in the middle of us recording a podcast. <laughs> yep. Yep. That is also, I'm telling you, that's my love language, like bringing me something like that's amazing, but we have very different morning schedules. So him bringing me a coffee in bed is like not normally mm. the, the way it could work out, but I, I do, I think it's really sweet. Also, how cute would it be if you're like on a group trip with friends and like one of the boys just comes into the room with two girls and has coffees. It's so cute. So yeah. I'm saying I love it. 
it's bringing a love island energy to the show which yeah so i'm like I, I mean if they can do it on that show they can do it on this show also I, I yeah it's so funny i love how like there's like a ticking time clock on the show there's like these people are only going to know each other for two weeks so i feel like everyone he's probably extra like i need to like do so i need to like be doing things mm. mm-hmm. and it, that's smart and whenever it's like something that you know Paige loves and then she was like my dad does it for my mom every morning in a way that almost lines up too perfectly that I'm like I always think producers are doing shit but I'm like was a producer like Paige would love this you should do it yeah I think you're also onto something just thinking about like how can he enter a scene that he wouldn't naturally be in so if you're going up to someone's room in the morning when they're like not ready for you but you're doing something nice it's like you're going to get in the mix. Maybe you'll catch them talking about something they didn't want to talk about, whatever. So yeah. I think that's really smart. Is there anything else we missed? I feel like we covered anything else from your, from your notes, Akshara? From my notes? <laughs> Not really. Okay, great. Um, well, is there, would you like to plug the many shows that you're working on and have worked on? Oh my on? gosh, please in two years, watch Velma, <laughs> the show. <laughs> Alyssa and I worked on that. We still don't know when is going to see the light of day. Um, please tune in to season three of Never Have I Ever, which comes out in like, I feel like 10 years also. Um, yes. Please imagine that our lead looks younger than he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's age appropriate for me, so I don't have any yeah. problems with Oh my gosh, him. I love Dave. I feel like I should have mentioned that from the start. Oh my God, so, stop. so good in the episode where you gave that like bridesmaid speech. I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, you just posted the cutest photo of you and Dave's mom wearing the same exact bridesmaid dress, which is interesting to me. It was from so season two, episode nine, when he has that crazy dream and he and there's like a moment where he I I am Allie and then Gina is Allie. Like there's like, it's just like a crossover. Um, and right. so that was that day. We were both there for so long, just in our matching bridesmaids dresses. And for let me tell second. you what? Oh, I was just going to say for a second, I was like, wait, is my mom supposed to wear the same thing as my bridesmaids? <laughs> that changes things for me. <laughs> Keep, what were you going to say though? No, no. I was just going to say, speaking of all these model bodies and how they make us feel bad. I, they kept my bridesmaid dress from season one and then I was supposed to wear it in season two and it did not zip up. You guys <laughs> it was, they had to, like a... safety pin it in the back because your girl Whole was a different size global pandemic. So yeah, yeah my, my body changed, but it <laughs> yeah. was great. But just saying it, don't believe what you see on TV because that thing was not zippered. Um, but yeah, it was yeah, very cute little picture. But thank you. That's so sweet. Make my day, Aksha. Oh my God. Yeah, his mom on the show is so cute. She's like a little doll. <laughs> <laughs> um, and is there, do you want people to follow you on any handles, Twitter, Instagram, any of that? Oh my God, sure. I'll throw my handles out. I'm not like put, pushing out amazing content, but here we go. Okay, my Instagram is A-S-E-K-A-R 95. Gotta change that soon because I'm <laughs> aging out of it. And then my Twitter is just my full name, which is Akshara, A-K-S-H-A-R-A. And my last name is Akar. She's very funny. She's beautiful. And occasionally there's a private jet picture. You guys should all follow her. Oh my gosh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the pod and unpacking out this me. fucked up show. We love um, the preview for next week. Andrea's downfall. You know, I'm into that. Woo. <laughs> <laughs>